Lord God, we thank you for your word. Um, we thank you, Lord, that you always have something to say. Um, sometimes you even repeat yourself because we haven't been listening. So, Lord, I pray whatever it is today that we need to hear, we know you are faithful to bring it to us in one way or another. And so, Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your spirit. And, Lord, we know that when um, your word and spirit come together, that we can get revelation and understanding and we can be um, enlightened and, and find freedom and hope and a whole bunch of other things. So, Lord, we just position our hearts and our minds um, right now to receive whatever it is that you want for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so it's just over two weeks until the Red Shield appeal. You're going to get sick of me doing it by two weeks, aren't you? And um, so in the next few weeks, we want to speak. Of, I want, we're going to maybe do some sermons. We'll never know because I change my mind last minute sometimes, don't I, Nate? When he asked me for a theme. Um, but I'd love to, over the next few weeks, um, just talk about how, how we can love our community. And so this week I want to talk about loving through listening. Because I think one of the things our society lacks more than anything is good listening. And a lot of people out there need to feel heard. And um, as I was preparing this, I was thinking about Mother's Day. I just want to honour my mum today because um, she was an exceptional listener. And there's more to listening than just listening. And um, that's what I want to speak about today is how do we listen well? What does it look like? Because I don't know about for you, but when someone's listening well to us, we can feel really loved. Um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, As a mother comforts her child, so I comfort you. And you know what? You don't have to explain that verse to me because I had a mother who comforted me. And so I can, it's really helped me, parents, when you connect with your kids and love on them, um, it helps them really connect with God. I think it's one of the parents' roles is to form good attachments so then as we grow up, we can attach to God. And so I understand what the comfort of God feels like because I experienced the comfort um, of my mum. And one of the ways I experienced that was the way she listened to me. And so if we want to, there's a lot of people in our society, in our community, who have not experienced people giving them attention and love. Um, or they may have, and then they've lost it for a while, and there's lonely people out there. Um, so I just want to go through four points this morning of how we can listen to love, or love through listening. And um, not only when we go out to collect for the Red Shield appeal, but just in our normal day-to-day -day lives, which often are so busy. Um, it's good to learn how to stop and listen and help people feel loved. So on near your seats, there's a handout. If that's helpful, you can fill in some blanks there. If you like, there's some Bible references on there. Use it if you'd like to. So firstly, this morning, to love through listening, I need to listen intentionally. And the verse we have up there is James 1.19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Um, John MacArthur, you may have heard him on the radio or TV. He's now an 82-year-old American Baptist pastor. But he said this, When I was a little schoolboy, which would have been you know, quite a long time ago, it was common for my teachers to send notes home informing my parents of my behaviour. 
There were a number of constants in the information that came to my parents. One of them was this. <laughs> Johnny talks too much and does not listen. Since they didn't have clinical initials to attach to my condition, there was no ADD or ADHD back in those days, and there was no Ritalin to sedate me, they just said that I was disobedient and they corrected me. That was his parents. And so, he says, I learned to listen. And he goes on to say, good listeners make good company. Would you agree with that? Good listeners make good friends. Good listeners make good learners. And good listeners then make good teachers. Good listeners make good counsellors. On the other hand, poor listeners who only want to hear themselves talk and even while forced to listen, they are planning what they're going to say, as soon as you take a breath, are usually cheated out of the best relationships in life. Did you hear that? Pretty harsh. John MacArthur, you know, you may not listen to, he's pretty brutal. Some preachers just speak the truth. Maybe, I'm sure he speaks it in love. But sometimes I go, oh dear. Just from a human standpoint, learning how to listen is important. It determines an awful lot about our relationships to others. Far more important, however, than how we listen to others is how we listen to the Lord. How good are we at listening to God? And what kind of listeners are we? I just wonder, I wanted to quote him because, you know, I'm not sure if I was brave enough to own that for myself. <laughs> is that okay? Hey, good listeners. I want to be a good listener. The focus of James 1.9 in the context, I want to give you the context of the verse because I used it a couple of times in my first two points, is how to avoid non-righteous anger. Okay, so the Bible says, in your anger do not sin, or, you know, the, the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. And so there's two forms of anger, right? Being angry, righteous anger is when we're angry about what's done against God or got done against others. And unrighteous anger is often when we're just wounded in ourselves. And it's really hard for us to be righteously anger, angry. Um, you know, I think it's okay to be angry when we're hurt because that happens. But then to, to manage that righteously. So the Bible says, in your anger, do not sin is the key there, I think. But this passage is helpful because the context is how to avoid unrighteous anger. And he's basically saying to take the focus off of yourself and put it on others. It's a good key, isn't it? Next time I'm angry, to try and take the focus off myself and put it on others. And goes on to say how we do that is to be quick to listen. How many times have I got angry because I made an assumption instead of listening properly? Or instead of clarifying what I thought someone said? So the key to being other-centered is to be quick to listen, but it's not just that. So my second point this morning is to love through listening, I need to be slow to speak. And it gets worse this morning, doesn't it? Sorry. My dear brothers, anyway, we've gone through the verse. I've unlighted slow to speak. And um, just in case you're not convinced already, we've got a few Proverbs. Do you like reading Proverbs? I love Proverbs. Proverbs is about wisdom in the Bible. So good. So I've got a whole bunch of Proverbs there on your handout. We're going to read them. I think they'll come up on the screen. Proverbs 18, 13. These are all in the English Standard Version. 
If one gives an answer before he hears, this is his folly and his shame. Proverbs 18.2, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his own opinion. Proverbs 17.28, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. I'm going to a conference this week. Well, it's my, like my 20-year review at the Salvation Army. So I've got to go to me and also got to go to Melbourne and um, sit in a Salvation Army context. Um, and my verse for the week is, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. <laughs> you know, because sometimes in those contexts, I can just want to vent. You know, you ever wanted to vent? And when we want to vent, it's sometimes just good to remember, pull out a proverb and go, you know what, even a fool. I don't think I'm a fool, because the Bible's definition of fool, let me tell you that, is someone who doesn't believe in God. Okay, so it's a different context to how we think of fool. But I don't want to be a fool, because I do believe in God, and I don't want to come across as a fool. And so even a fool's thought wise if they keep silent. And I was thinking about that this morning. I thought, that's my verse for the week. So check in on me next week and um, see how I went. Proverbs 10, 19, when words are many. This verse, this verse has always fascinated me, you know. When words are many, transgression or sin is not lacking. But whoever strain, restrains his lips is prudent. You may have heard the quote, God gave us two ears and one mouth so we can listen twice as much as what we speak. Well, I heard a new one this week or read it. I couldn't find it when I went looking for it, but it went something like this. This was just funny, right? Our ears, this writer said, our ears are open so we can hear. Our tongue, because I'm in the book of James and the devotional just keeps talking about the tongue. I felt a bit rebuked. Our tongue, God's hidden it behind teeth and lips so we can shut them. Does that make sense? Isn't that interesting illustration? Our ears are open, but our mouth is designed to be closed. Anyway. That went down like a lead balloon. It is true, yeah. We like to talk, don't we? How hard is it to just shut up? Seriously, how hard is that? And that's what I've been reading in the book of James in my devotions last week or so, is if you can control the tongue, actually let God control our tongue, you can control anything. So if con And I found that really difficult to read this week. Because basically saying if, I, if I'm having trouble with self-discipline, I probably can't control my tongue. And, and, but then I felt a bit more encouragement. So we've got to let God help us control our tongue because that's how hard it is. So there's been plenty of times when I've regretted talking too much, right? But I actually can't. I thought about this. I gave this quite a bit of thought. I can't remember a time when I regretted not talking too much. Isn't that funny? It's not easy, but it is being other-centered, is what being other-centered looks like. It's what Jesus looks like, and it's what he asks of us. So to listen well, we need to be slow to speak. Thirdly, this morning, to love through listening, I need to ask good questions. Now, this isn't necessarily easy, but... um. You know, as we look at the life of Jesus, I, I believe we see all these communication skills from him. And one of the examples is a woman at the well. And I love this. Jesus went up to a well. He was Jewish. He met a Samaritan woman there. You know, there was kind of racial conflict there. So, you know, and he was a male. She was a female. So in those days, he shouldn't have been talking to her. 
And I love how Jesus wanted to bridge gaps. Jesus is good at that. He's good at reconciliation. And so it says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Jesus knew all the answers, one commentator says. Do you know what? Often we ask questions right when we have answers, but when we want to find answers. We don't have the answer, we ask questions. Um, but there's other times to ask questions, right? Jesus often knew stuff. And in this story, he actually knew this woman um, was living with someone and had five husbands and had, had had five husbands and, and had quite a broken life, right? He knew all this stuff, right? But why did he ask this question? In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, someone's actually counted up how many questions Jesus asked, right? It's 339 questions. That shows me that asking good questions, the right question at the right time, must be a key to good communication. So for the woman at the well, he said, can you give me a drink? So here's some of the reasons Jesus asked questions, right? He asked them to, to engage with people. He asked them to build relationships. He used them to um, help those he's interacting with to think. You look at how many times in the Bible Jesus asks, answers a question with a question. Hey? And you know what? In our own relationships, if we have someone who's being under-responsible and they ask us for, you know, they ask us a question, they're kind of trying to get us to be the parent and they can stay the child, even though they might be well into their years. The great way to deal with that is just throw a question back to them. You know? Jesus did it all the time. He did it to create conversations. His listeners were more likely to own their conclusions. He sometimes answered questions with questions. He sometimes asked warm-up questions to get conversations started. And I believe that's what he did with the woman at the well. I'm not even sure if Jesus was thirsty. He just wanted to engage with someone whom he knew needed a relationship with him. Hey, how do we use questions? I love connecting with people. I got a haircut yesterday. Can you notice? Um, and one of my things I love to do when I get a haircut is connect with the hairdresser. And, you know, some hairdressers are amazing at making conversation and some aren't. And that's okay. And I don't know whether it's a bit of a sport for me, but I just like connecting with people. I remember this one lady I had one time in Just Cuts at Bado Bay. Um, somehow we got on the subject of sausage dogs. And we have a sausage dog. And by the time I finished my haircut, we felt like we were best friends. We both had sausage dogs. And then yesterday, you know, this was an easy one. The late, somehow we got on to talking about coffee. Oh, mate, my favourite subject. And so I hadn't tried it, but in Bado Bay now, there's an there's a Oliver Brown. And this lady's just moved down from Foster. She says, it's not always easy to get a good coffee in Foster. But I'll tell you what. Just outside, just cuts. You know, God's blessing this woman because Oliver Brown set up shop just out front of just cuts where she works. And she says, it's not only great coffee, it's consistent coffee. And then we started talking about the science. You know, it's not easy to make a good coffee. <laughs> now, some of you would not be interested in that conversation. And if she wasn't a coffee drinker or a passionate coffee drinker, I wouldn't have been interested in the conversation either even though I'm a passionate coffee drinker. But it's about finding common ground. 
I'll never forget, I'm going to, I don't know if I shared this story last week, did I? Um, but it's one that sticks out in my mind because I went to Red Shield launch one time and this guy here worked for, I had to sit, you kind of sit and you're a host at a table and trying to make conversation with people outside that you don't know. And that's never been a natural gift of mine. And so I've had to learn how to do it. And this guy, I just, you know, he worked in a training organisation, um, like adult learning, you know, training, lots of those around today. And um, I said, oh, you know, what do you like about being the manager or different questions about it was called the WEA in Newcastle. And I just, it just was closed. I just couldn't get anywhere. And somehow he must have mentioned about goats, right? And this guy was a goat farmer. And I'd found once you find someone's passion, you don't have to work real hard at having conversation. Now you're going to sit back and listen. Does that make sense? Just find their passion. And he actually went as far, he got quite vulnerable. He said, you know, I would love to be a full-time goat farmer. So here's this guy, manager, CEO of the WEA in Newcastle, confessing to me he doesn't really want his job. He wants to be a full-time goat farmer. And if his wife was okay with that, he would do it tomorrow. It became this amazing conversation just because I was able to find his passion. So asking great questions, open questions of people, not too deep, too fast because we don't want to freak people out, but just taking an interest in people like Jesus did can open doors for conversation. And fourthly, to love through listening, we need to be present. This is my favourite point, I think, this morning. In other words, give people our full attention. And again, I believe Jesus did this every time he interacted with someone. Um, one example, Mark ten twenty one. we often give the rich young ruler a bit of a bad rap, right? But Jesus didn't. I don't know about you, I think there's times I've judged the rich young ruler. Because he chose his riches over following Jesus. And he's trying to justify himself through his questions. But if you look at this verse, it actually says this. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Wow. Now he wasn't interested in Jesus following Jesus. And he left, walked away sad. And Jesus didn't just blow him off and go, oh, well, too bad. He, that's his problem. That's not Jesus' response. He looked at him. And he loved him. How hard is that? When people disagree with us, they're not going to help us, and they walk away, can we still look at them and love them? I think that's amazing. And the other time, I think, is when the, the woman came up to Jesus in a crowd, right? This is um, Luke chapter 8. I'm just using a few verses around Luke chapter 8. And Jesus was in a crowd, and it says this, Jesus was on his way, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. So picture that. The crowds almost crushed him. You ever been in a crowd that's almost crushing you? We went to the Easter show this year for the first time ever. And we thought it would not been too many people. But my gosh. It's a lot, you know, and that wasn't even crowds that were crushing us. So imagine being in a crowd that's crushing you. And then a woman touched the hem of his garment because she believed he, she could get healed. And Jesus said, someone touched me. Right? And the disciples went, duh. It's Aussie translation. They were crushing him. Of course someone's touching you, Jesus. But he found a Holy Spirit encounter. He says, I felt power go out of me. And he said, who touched me? You know what? Because he knew that woman needed his validation and attention. 
Yeah, what? Well, she was already healed. She'd already touched the hem of his garment. He could have just kept walking. But he stopped. I think this is what the message I want to get across to us this morning. Sometimes we just need to stop and be present with each other. How much value and validation. You know, they say if you get physical healing, you can lose your physical healing. You know, you can get it through faith, you can get it. But if you don't continue to walk in faith in your healing, you can lose it. Well, I wonder if Jesus didn't stop and validate this woman's healing, whether she may have lost her healing. I don't know. But there must have been some reason and some importance why, besides the fact Jesus loves people, maybe he wanted to celebrate with her. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. I wonder if those words rung in that woman's mind for the rest of her life. I don't know when people have stopped and spent time with me and spoken encouragement and validation like that over my life that I still remember those words 20, 30 years down the track or longer. Forbes magazine article in 2014 reported on some study done on multitasking. Hey, who loves, don't put your hand up, who loves multitasking? Hey, multitasking is celebrated in our society today. I've actually learned how to do it. I think I can do two things at a time now. <laughs> that for me, I'm smashing it. Anyway, listen to this. Just to quote again from Forbes magazine, it was long believed that cognitive impairment from, that means brain damage is the Australian way to say that, multitasking was temporary. But new research suggests otherwise. Researchers at the University of Sussex in the UK compared the amount of time people spend on multiple devices, such as texting while watching TV, to MRI scans of their brains. Now they can do that. They can take a picture of your brain and what's going on in there. They found that high multitaskers had less brain density in the anterior cingulate cortex. I don't know what part of the brain that is, but it's a region, listen to this, this is really important, responsible for empathy as well as cognitive and emotional control. Interesting. Now that's just one study and they say that more studies need to be done, right? So... They go on to say, even if it doesn't cause brain damage, allow yourself to multi allowing yourself to multitask will fuel any existing difficulties you have with concentration, organisation and attention to detail. So giving anything our full attention is good for our brain and our emotional intelligence. You know what? I feel so validated by that. Because, you know, when, particularly when I sit with someone, I do not want to be disturbed. Because something in my heart of hearts believes that person deserves my full attention. You know what? And we live in a society where it's hard to get someone's full attention today. I think in some ways it makes, us easy as Jesus, makes it easy for us as Jesus followers to bring something to people. How simple. To listen to hold our words back, you know, to be fully present with them, could actually change someone's life. How simple, but how powerful. So I thank God for a mum who listened well, chose her words carefully, and was interested in my world. Us, that's 
You know, if you struggle to ask the right questions, you just got to be generally interested in someone else's world. And the questions will come. Just be curious. And gave me her full attention. And I thank God that he is the same. That my mum's been a living example of God's love because as we see in Jesus' life, he listened to people. He listened to people. He chose his words carefully, very carefully. He was interested in people, genuinely. And he gave people his full attention. Therefore, I believe if we want people to come to know Jesus, we need to follow this example. So I believe signing up for the Red Shield Appeal this morning is a great opportunity to show God's love to your community. But just one, just one. Maybe you've worked down the family store. Maybe you work in welfare here. Maybe even over at craft. And we can follow these principles. Now, you know what? I'm the first to say I'm not great at this. And I've been practicing for a very long time. And I love people. But sometimes I'm no good at it. Okay? Sometimes I get it wrong. And um, you know what? We can just always apologize. But this morning as the band comes up, I just want us to reflect. And I, I think a bit of my, you know, my conviction about having to, my devotions in the book of James and how hard it is to control our tongue is just asking the Holy Spirit to empower us. Say, God, can you help me? God, I need your help. One of my favorite people I love to listen to is Joyce Meyer. You know, and she's asked God just to help her shut her mouth. Joyce says it pretty straight. And praise God he can do that. The other thing I think um, I want us to think about this morning too is maybe you don't have any good listeners in your life right now. And I just encourage you to pray for one or two. Because friends like that, sometimes they're family and that's awesome. But we need at least, I reckon, two or three people in our life whom we can go to and they do that for us. You know, Jesus uses them to hear us, um, to speak appropriately, to take an interest. How nice is it when someone takes an interest in you? Hey, How nice is it when um, people give you their full attention? So this morning, maybe God's convicting you to be that person for someone else and do that better. Um, or maybe He's saying, hey, you need some more of those people in your life so that you can feel God's love and you can experience God's love and attention because if Jesus was here today he would give it to you and so I believe he's put people on the planet who can give us that because it's something that we need let's spend some time if you'd like to come forward and pray and also realising that it's Mother's Day and um, you know stirs all kinds of emotions and um, maybe you need maybe you need a mum today And God can be that. Like Sarah said, God is both masculine and feminine. He can be a mum to us. He can nurture us. And so maybe you want to come and seek him today. Come and kneel or pray in your seats or whatever you like to do to just make sure you got that. You know, Jesus is wanting to connect with you today by his spirit. So allow him to do that.